Well, howdy, partner. Welcome to Go On with Ted and Jeff. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, boy. We are consistent as fuck. Good. I was going to say good afternoon, but good whatever time it is for you listening at home. Welcome to Go On with Ted McAnulty and me, Jeffrey Allen Murphy. How you doing today, Ted? I'm doing just peachy outside of the fact that I went to New Jersey. And, you know. We love you, New Jersey. We love you, New Jersey, and we won't tolerate anybody else talking smack about you, but we will talk smack about you. Well, yeah, it's the it's the younger sibling thing. You know, yeah. like, you will make fun of slash maybe beat up your younger sibling, but then if somebody else tries to do that, no, 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 no. That's my punching bag. Yeah, it's like, don't you try and do that, Wyoming. You've got enough to worry about, Mr. Badlands, yeah. Mr. Like. I, yeah, I definitely was in California one time, and somebody was like, ah, New Jersey's awful. And I was like, what the fuck you say? You want to go? <laughs> We run deep in the tri-state area. No joke. No joke. Well, yeah, it's been a good week. Um, I mean, relatively. I, no one I know personally has died, or if they have, I don't know it yet. So that's good. Which is, you know, Schrodinger's cat in a way. So this is, this is Go On. Go On is a show where people from all walks of life share stories from their lives. But are those stories true, or are they fabrications? That is for the harrowing gauntlet of Ted and Jeff to discover. That's us. Don't forget to like and subscribe you... to the show if you like what you've been hearing. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you sound like a hostage? Why do you <laughs> say... <laughs> sound so if sad. Because want... <laughs> that's what I was supposed to sound please, like. Please, <laughs> sir, please don't forget to like to and sound... subscribe. <laughs> I, I have the transcript. I have the transcription. It is true that I asked you to pretend you were Oliver when you did it, but it just sounded so much sadder than I expected it to. Oh, boy. Sounds sad. (laughs) Do not forget to like and subscribe. And please leave us a five-star glowing review. Oh, God, please do it. No, you blew it up. You maniacs. Wow. All right. Uh, Let's take that again. All right. Don't forget to like and subscribe to the show. If you like what you've been hearing, a five star rating and glowing review goes away. Wow. Goes a long way. (laughs) A glowing review goes goes away. away. (laughs) You were born for this, man. Take three. Don't forget to like and subscribe to the show. If you like what you've been hearing, a five-star rating and glowing review (laughs) goes a long way. Okay. Now, to get our subject for this week's Go On, we must open the Chamber of Pain. Mom? Is that you? Yes, Gregory. Gregory, come out of your chamber of pain. But it's so bright. Yes. Yes, we are on the sun now. Oh, then why is it so cold? 
I don't know. Mark, <laughs> you started this. Yeah, man. Yeah, no, I, I painted myself into a corner and uh, <laughs> my feet are covered in paint now. Gregory, mm. what is today's theme for Go On? Today's theme is teacher evaluations. Wow. Okay, um, teacher evaluations. You mean the things that nobody does once they graduate high school? Like, they tell you, like, hey, it would mean a lot for you to, like, you know, make sure like you evaluate us at the end. If you love your teacher, <laughs> please leave a five-star glowing <laughs> review. <laughs> it, that will be, that's for you to determine what teacher evaluation we are talking about. Teacher evaluations, because it goes both ways. Let's be real, because there are the teacher-student evaluations, which historically was my parents going in and being told, your child isn't doing any of the homework, and he's distracting all the children. And then there's the one where, I guess, the students get to evaluate the teachers, and they get to just be angry because they told their parents that they were not doing the homework and distracting all the children. It's just reciprocity coming right at each other. I've definitely had it coming from some of these teachers for them to, like, really grade me harshly on report cards. But, you know, yeah. I like to think I got mine as well, my licks in as well on them. Oh, for sure. Afterwards. For sure. I definitely feel like the teachers could have tried a little harder to win our favor with these evaluations. You know, maybe a little candy, maybe a few more movies in class. Just saying. Just some Planet Earth. That's all I'm saying. Just pop in. A DV, well, I guess that's very old, outdated now. Pop in a Betamax tape and just let everybody do whatever the hell they want. And I mean, now, like, isn't like rate my professor essentially? Yeah, that's a thing. That's a thing. And or I mean, is that even still a thing? I know recently there, there was some professor that said something bad about uh, about like somebody on the left, and then her, her rate my <laughs> professor grading went way down. Immediately mm -hmm. afterwards, I'm waiting for rate my professor to be acquired by Yelp, so it can be in the same platform. You know, this place had terrible sushi, and this teacher is really dull, dull. and doesn't let you eat in class. Two stars. Yeah, no Betamax, no eating. Two stars. The evaluation I wanted most when I was a student was distract other students. I was always very proud of that. And I didn't realize until I was an adult that that was not a positive thing to receive on your report card. But I, having now moved into the entertainment business, still think that, that it was valuable training for life. I have used those skills every day as an actor. I have to say my, I think my most consistent um, report thing, even I guess we're talking about report cards, is um, does D's. not like fulfill- Straight D's. Always got the D. Um, no. Uh, no, okay. No, just tell us more about your Navy days. <laughs> was uh, does not fulfill potential or something like that. So just like oh. really the most backhand comment. That's extremely <laughs> judgmental. Or maybe they just thought that you had more potential than you actually did, which is yeah. also a little sad. It's like, <laughs> nope. Sorry, no potential here, guys. He is unfulfilled. But nowadays, I feel like if you wanted to evaluate a professor, you just have to go to their OnlyFans page and then leave some comments there. Professor, did you uh, grade my paper? Because we all know that's paying better than the adjuncts get. It's true. That's true. This episode is not brought to you by OnlyFans yet. Well, we'll go right to our guest talking about teacher evaluations right after this. 
This week's episode of Go On is brought to you by Half Mass Masks. Does your chin need more support than our healthcare system? Do you like to make prolonged, awkward eye contact with your fellow pedestrians, then quickly shuffle your mask to cover your face too late for it to matter? Then Half Mass Masks has a product for you. Made for these challenging times, Half Mass Masks completely covers ill-defined McConnell chins, completely failing to protect you or others from dangerous aerosols, and clearly presenting your face to judging passers-by. Buy Half Mass Masks and show the world you care as much about public safety as a Texas governor, now more than ever. Half-masked masks. <laughs> That's, by the way, I would love to hear you say half-masked masks six times quickly. Go. Half-masked masks. Half-masked masks. Half-masked masks. Can't do it. I got to three. Oof, yeah, that was like two and a half. That wasn't even three, in, but. In my defense, I have a speech impediment that I've had since I was. Like, really? Forever. Yeah. Then why did you write that ad? <laughs> you were the one who wrote it. You wrote a tongue twister and you're like, I'm going to read this on air. <laughs> That'd be like me being like, I'm going to do, I'm colorblind. I'm like, I'm going to do a painting. That's going to be my whole fucking thing. People be like, that's not green. I'm like, well. Yeah, no, I, I really like, I, I can't pronounce a lot of words. I have to over enunciate. That's fair. We might as well move on to the actual thing we're talking about today, which, of course, is teacher evaluations. Mm. Edward, would you like to introduce our guest? Do you know our guest? I I have known her off and on for about um, 33 years now. She was one time the uh, pariah of uh, Westside Montessori, She uh, where she went to preschool. Preschool pariah? But this was like, this is before I knew her. Like, I only got the teacher evaluations. Okay, so who is this guest? This guest is my uh, sister, Elizabeth McAnulty. Oh. She that is... explains why she's on the Zoom with us. <laughs> well, welcome, Liz. How you doing? I'm all right. How are you all doing? Good, good, good. So tell us a little bit about yourself to give people a context for this story we're about to hear about teacher evaluations. Well, as you might have guessed, I myself am a teacher. That's what you do? That 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 is what I that is what I do. Or that's what I pretend that I do. That's what I tell myself I do. That's what you attempt to do. Uh, yeah, yeah. Every day is a new attempt. I will say, listening to your wonderful introduction about teacher evaluations, you left out a very critical element of the teacher evaluation. Oh, please do go on. And that is administrator to teacher. Oh, yeah. See, that's the thing that those of us who aren't teachers just have no concept of. Yes, yes. Is that like the kind of thing where the vice principal would just walk into your classroom at a random time and stand in the back of the class and it was just really uncomfortable for everyone involved? Absolutely, absolutely. And I will tell you what is even worse than the principal or the vice principal standing in the back of your class and judging you. And that is the superintendent mm. coming to your class Oof. and judging you. And then judging the whole school based in part on their judgment of you. And that is, in essence, the premise of this story. Wait, wow. are okay. teacher evaluations actually even being done anymore because they're all online? Oh, that's a great I question. <laughs> I remember my last, like, like when I was in grad school, and they're like, don't forget to do the uh, teacher evaluation, and it's online. And, like, unless I really love the teacher or really dislike the teacher, like, 
it just completely escaped my mind to do it, which I feel is somehow even worse. Well, students don't really... Oh, I lied, actually. There is, in part of my, in normal times, in part of my professional evaluation, which happens every year, students do get a very small say in it. But mostly, mm -hmm. it's the administrators. It's mostly, it's my boss who decides my what my that's, rating is. That's also the nature of reviews, though, Edward. I mean, if you go on Yelp, it's always, I was poisoned and my family died, or... I was given a million dollars and now I have every dream come to, to life. It's never like, meh. Like, who takes the time to go and write a three-star review? It's just, there's not enough time in life for that. No. Well, no. Liz, we would love to hear your story about teacher evaluations. All right. So let me tell you just a little bit about the location of my school. So it's a big school. There's thousands of kids in it. Uh, we like to say that they're gifted. <laughs> you like to say that, but... <laughs> we like to say that. But after meeting them... Oh. <laughs> My students are largely very gifted, but they are teenagers. They do behave in degenerate teenage activity from time mm -hmm. to time. There's a park right outside my window where teenagers go to engage in said degenerate behavior. I knew people in high school who went to this high school, and that is where they went. Like these students have not changed their activities. No, and they all in... think that they invented it. That's what's so special, right? They think I am the edgiest, coolest, right? Like, no, they're, they're anyway. So yeah. whatever, that's it. Now, here's the thing, even though my school, like I said, we like to think that we have gifted students, um, but you know what? And maybe you don't know this, but schools get report cards, the same as students. I thought that that was just the standardized tests came back and they're like, everyone failed and you're shut down and shunned from society. The standardized tests certainly play a role in terms of a, mm -hmm. in terms of a school's report card. Is part of it just popularity? <laughs> it's not just popularity, <laughs> but you know, how well do students do? How well do students improve, right, on these standardized tests? I can go on forever with standardized tests, but that is not my story. My story is about my school's quality review. Okay. Now, quality review helps determine. Was this on Yelp or Airbnb? You know what? It is on, I uh, forget, oh, Insider Schools, I think. Schools <gasps> Insider, something like that. School Insider sounds like a really creepy page. It does, doesn't it? Actually, I hadn't thought about that until you, yeah. I might be getting it wrong. I, I don't doubt New York City's inability to name a website. So just to give you an idea of the stakes of this, because actually the stakes are pretty significant. <clears throat> Quality review helps determine the, the report card grade. The report card grade for the school is what parents use to determine whether or not they want to send their child to this school, right? Okay. School funding is contingent upon student enrollment. So... Fewer students means less money, means layoffs, means cutting programs, means loss of prestige. It's a really big deal. So basically, there's no pressure on these evaluations. No, whatsoever. not at all. It's totally no. like not a big deal. And it's not at all like the principal like freaks out for months and months and months on end and makes all mm -hmm. of the APs freak out for months on end. Which Right. And then the polar ice caps melt and the polar bears drown. And New York City. The sun explodes. Oh. Well, then that, who cares oh, about the polar it. ice caps? Then, 
That's that's exactly. The ocean boils <laughs> over. The ocean doesn't have time to boil over. If the sun explodes, it just vaporizes. Really? If the sun explodes, just fuck it. Just forget about it. Go on. Anyway, it was time for our quality review. And if there are any teachers listening to this, all of them, all of them, just to give an involuntary. We have no teachers in our audience. Don't worry. (laughs) We are not appealing to educated people. (laughs) Well, if you had any, they would be twitching because in all seriousness, the the words quality review like makes you go crazy Um, because truly everyone goes nuts. And I'm I won't bore you with all of the details that went into this day, but I will tell you that pretty much from September to I think it was April, it was all day, every day, freaking out about the quality review. So the entire school year. Oh, yes. (laughs) So, like, the entire time. Oh, yeah, no, really. Like, I'm not, this is, I'm not exaggerating. It was insane. I feel like there's a really shitty reality TV show in this. Is this every year? No, it is not every year. And that's one of the reasons why it's like, when it happens, it's super high stakes. Oh, so it's like the uh, the Goblet of Fire. The Triwizard Tourney. You put your name into uh, a cup, and then it spits out some champions, and then those teachers have to fight it out to the death in the middle of a maze. There are some Harry Potter fans who are like... They're picking it up. They're picking up when I'm laying down. R.I.P. Cedric Diggory. Gone too soon. You know, I only read the Harry Potter books <laughs> once, and it's not enough. So you only read the Harry Potter books once. Go on. I read them once, but I don't get all the references, and I always feel like I think that's a Harry Potter reference, but, like, I don't know. If there's wizards in the name of it, odds are it's probably Harry Potter related, unless you specifically hear, like, Gandalf or something like that. Right. I know when I hear Quidditch, that's that's Harry Potter. Does have a Quidditch team? They seem, it would be on brand, almost. I don't know. I don't think that they do. They have a cricket team. <laughs> cricket. Wow. I feel like having a cricket team is way weirder than having a Quidditch team, for for real. Who do they play against? Themse- like, That's a good it- question. I don't know. I've never <laughs> been to a cricket game. I don't know, but they... There's got to be other schools that have cricket teams. I just, I would love to understand the rules of cricket. If there is a listener who is good at explaining the rules of cricket, please... Please reach out to us because I am baffled by it. Looks really fun. It's got to be good because enough people in the world love it, but I don't get it yet because it's... You take you take the googly and you throw it and you try to hit the wicket. Are those real terms? You just said words that don't mean anything. Googly is a real word for cricket? It's the name of the ball. Only... Sorry. No, we follow the Webster's English Dictionary. If it's in that, I'll accept it. None of this OED nonsense. Oh, <laughs> I've had to, I have had students explain cricket to me because I ask every year, but it like never sinks in because I don't then watch it. <laughs> so. so do these googlies have eyes? I'll show myself out. <laughs> so you toss the googly at the wicket and then the bat is called a bat, I think. I think it's called cricket bat. And then you hit it. Here's the thing that really weirds me out is if you hit the ball and somebody catches it, they applaud the person who threw the ball rather than the person who busted their ass over there to catch the fucking ball. I don't know. And it's like in a circle. It's a it's a strange. It, well, I shouldn't say it's strange. That's a judgment word. It is outside of what I am used to. But if I were to go back to my story. Go on. What I would say 
is that I was selected to be one of the teachers to be observed, which is horrifying. So your name popped out of the Triwizard Cup. Exactly. Sparking flames, and then Dumbledore pulled you aside. You know what? That's really not a bad way to describe how I felt. I was horrified. (laughs) Dumbledore's like, Elizabeth, Elizabeth, did you put your name in that cup? I did get, like, a week's head up that, like, by the way, like, your head's on the chopping block. Like, they're going to come into your class for a few minutes. How do they decide who was being evaluated? So what happens is the superintendent and the deputy superintendent will come in and they'll say, we want to look at these kinds of classes. And these are the hours that we're, that we're here. And then, right, the, the school will try to come up with a schedule to give her what she wants. In this case, it happens to be she. And, but they'll try to, like, make sure that it's teachers that they trust, Right. So they, 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 they tried. All of this is all fake. I mean, you want to talk. So you're like, I was chosen, but this like, cause I'm good. But then you're like, but I was chosen. Yes. <laughs> so therefore it's terrible. It's one of the things that you learn about that you learn is at, in education. You're like, oh, like good work just brings more shit. Like there's no reward other than. Like, more work and more stress and more pressure. There's no more money. There's just, like, it's it's just shit. And and I will say, I love all my students. All, all of them? That doesn't sound right to me. That does not check out. You know what? I can already tell you right now, this story is a lie. You do not love all your students. Not happening. Go on. I'm there. I'm, I've been told that this is what's going to happen. And I prep my than an inch of their fucking lives, right? Like, I mean, we do a dry run, like the whole thing. Every lesson up into the like day of my observation is carefully scripted. I fed them like every line, right, that they're supposed to give. I made a rubric that they use to grade each other and evaluate each other in every uh, single- That sounds like whoa, the whoa. worst time ever for a student. So wait, wait, wait. This was like a stage production? Of, like, uh, of teaching? Yes, of course. Uh, this is also what you learn in education, that it's all horseshit. <laughs> like, it is all fake. This episode of Go On is brought to you by the New York Department of Education. <laughs> and the other thing that you learn is that the most important thing in being a teacher, apparently, is the state of your bulletin board. Oof, What? That is that is what matters in education. And it's not the lesson plans. Absolutely. It's not if the your homework. bulletin board is shitty. Yeah, the, the tacks were all different colors. And right. there were some things up there with little rips in them. So I guess we're gonna have to shut the school down. Like, first of all, you had you had papers up there that were in italics, and then you had <laughs> papers that were in there in Times New Roman. And like, can we have a civilization? Kind of. And to give you an idea of like just how fraudulent this whole thing is, right? So it's like you need to have like student workup and you need to have actionable feedback that the evaluators can come in, they can see. And so then what you get told as a teacher is like just put up work, but don't ever have a date on so that the evaluators can't tell if this is from last <laughs> week or from like last year. That sounds like somebody <laughs> going through the fridge looking for milk. They're like, oh, this is expired. It's so dumb. It's all window dressing. But really, this was like a Soviet, like, tank and village. Oh, that's fun. 
Yeah. No, and then there's nothing. Fun. Did you guys go marching around in the square? I mean, that's really. <laughs> and then, like, you sing a song about your glorious leader, the superintendent, and how much better that that superintendent is from any other superintendent who's ever lived. I mean, if we could have arranged that, for sure, that's what would have happened. So anyway, I and going back to your thing about like, oh, that sounds awful for the students. The rubric, it's terrible. It's so bad. That's this is why no teacher actually does that because it's garbage. <laughs> However, <laughs> that apparently is what the evaluators want to see. So fine, I will give you what the evaluators want to see. I feel like that's a terrible idea because if you give teenage and like early teen kids the opportunity to grade each other just to be like so-and-so smells bad or they wear ugly t-shirts and or they're poor no because like, they're grading you too jeff so you know me i don't even work there you're grading each other they're grading each other oh i see i'm a student so wait yeah, so okay. the administrator's grading the teacher the teacher the students are grading the teacher. The students are grading themselves and the administrators are grading the students. Yes. I feel like that would breed a Gestapo mindset yeah. where you'd always felt like the secret police was after you. I mean, you do, but it's like for one day. But meanwhile, the teacher though <laughs> well, was just out there like- A little Gestapo vacation. <laughs> All for the quality review. So anyway, I hope that I have presented the high stakes nature of the day, the fraudulence of the day, Right. Okay. I my anxiety is like at a ten. Right. As opposed to its normal nine point seven five. Yeah. Like median. <laughs> That's the median. I'm gonna put this in right here. I was supposed to put it in later, but after that line, I have to say, be on the lookout for our new podcast from Fire Escape Creations. Deeply concerned with Lizzie Mack. Lizzie Mack here <laughs> is. If you are friends with her, you will know that the one thing that comes up more often than anything in her in her conversation is. He, what really deeply concerns me is. So we're going to have a great podcast with that. So you're at your normal 9.75. You go to 10. Go on. The superintendent comes in. I have to tell you, my students, perfect. They do everything that I tell that I've For the listeners, she just did that Italian, Italian chef thing day. where you kiss your fingers and go, mwah. As though there she was on Arthur Avenue, like making sure that they got there. <laughs> go on. Everything's going well. And the superintendent comes in. Like I said, the students are perfect. They're just pitch perfect. They're doing exactly as we rehearsed. Pitch perfect, also featured in our last episode, banned by the Marines. I worked that in intentionally. <laughs> you did? I did. Aww. That's so sweet. Thank you. Uh, so anyway, I then, uh, so actually the superintendent, everything goes really well. And you know what? She leaves. She leaves. She goes on to the next class. And I breathe. After how much time? It was, she was probably in there for about 20 minutes, which was actually longer than I was anticipating. I was hoping that she was going to be in there for like 10. Uh, but no, she was in there for, I would say, about 20. She leaves. So she overstayed her welcome. She wasn't really welcome in the first place, as far as I was concerned. <laughs> oh, <damn. laughs> Hope she's not the superintendent anymore. Mm. Well, she was she was she was she was totally fine she was totally lovely to me i have no i have no personal complaints i just it's an intrusion i don't like it right no one likes being evaluated right no one yeah. likes being evaluated she leaves i breathe this massive sigh of relief my students also breathe this massive sigh of relief these poor freshmen they did such a great job Right, and they're like, did you do, did we do it? Is it good, was it good? I was like, it was great, guys. Thank you so much. I really appreciate your cooperation. 
Did you put on BBC Planet Earth for them after that as a reward? Did they get a beta tape? See, I was like, all right, I don't want to do any, like, class is over. I'm done. Like, let's just, like, hang out. Like, oh. so we have this, like, collective sigh of relief. And then there is a noise that starts coming from the outside. Oh, it's the dragons from the Triwizard uh, Tourney. You know what? Yay! Sure. It might as well have been. Was it, was it a drone? Uh, it was bigger than a drone. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> We're playing 20 questions here. It was bigger than a drone. So there's this noise, and I don't know what it is. And it's getting louder and louder and louder and closer Paris? and louder. Uh, sure. Why not? I don't know what it is. And my students are looking at me like, what's going on? Like, what are we doing here? And I... And you say, excuse me. Like, I mean, I'm the adult in the room. You're expected to, like, know. But, I like, I have no idea what that deafening noise is that now I need to shout in order to be heard. I don't know. And we look out the window, and it's gotten darker, by the way. And the reason it's gotten fucking darker is because there is, like, an aircraft, like something out of Avengers that has landed in that park across the street that I told you about. I don't believe it. She's never seen Avengers. My brother is correct that I have not seen Avengers, <laughs> but I've seen commercials. Live fact-checking provided by Ted McAnulty. I have seen the commercials, but I do appreciate that my brother knows me so well that I would never go see that movie. It's just like 1.7 billion at the box office or whatever. No. Well, I hear there's a great documentary about geese that I could check out, and I'd rather watch that. Why not? So this massive thing lands, right? Outside my window. And when I say that it's huge, it's no, it's two of them. There's two. Sorry. There are two massive aircraft that have landed in the park outside of my window. Keep in mind, by the way, the superintendent and the whole staff is still in the school evaluating it. And some poor teacher in the math department is the next head on the chopping block. As these two massive aircraft have just landed outside the window with this deafening noise. And so I'm actually, to be honest with you, really freaked out because I have zero clue what the fuck is going on here. And I also know that I need to be the adult in the room. And I'm thinking like, do I lock the door? Does it matter? Do you lock the door when there's like massive aircraft that have landed outside your, your window? Like, can that? Yeah, that's I'm pretty sure help. that works the same way as a sheet over your head as a child. Like, I'm I'm set. I'm protected against the boogeyman underneath my bed and in the closet. But right. what you also need to keep in mind is that in addition to this truly deafening noise, and I have not before or after heard a noise this loud in my entire life. It was really disconcerting and scary. And there is also a sandstorm that has erupted because it landed on a baseball diamond in the park. So, like, the dust is absolutely everywhere outside. So there's like literally like this dark cloud and this deafening noise. Are these like military planes? Uh, it is absolutely military style aircraft that has landed. In the Bronx. In the Bronx. In the least strategically placed borough. In a park with a baseball diamond. Yes, outside of a school. For the for gifted children. Oh, oh my God. You you work at Professor Xavier's School for Gifted Children. There you it's all coming it. together. Got it. Oh my God! It was the Blackbird, and it you wasn't a helicopter. You buried the lead here. You buried the lead, Liz. So then I'm at the point where I'm like, I have no idea what's the going on. Like, I want some answers too here. And one of my colleagues comes in, and this colleague, I just want to say, and and this is 
This is definitely true, what I'm saying here. And they come in, and they put on their sunglasses, and they go, that's my ride. And they just walk out, and they get in the jet, and they fly away. <laughs> that would have been much cooler. It would have been cool. It would be very confusing. It would have been extremely, well, so this colleague, who I will say, is an incredibly, and this is true, is an incredibly dedicated educator. He is probably the most respected teacher in the building. Then why wasn't he chosen for the evaluations? Are you kidding me? Of course he was. Uh, <laughs> you went before I did. Um, Withdrawn. But really respected, takes his job very seriously, is honestly a paradigm of professionalism. But he walks into my room and I'm so relieved to see him because I'm like, oh my gosh, maybe there's information about why there's a military invasion happening outside my school. He goes, all right, so uh, what you are seeing outside is something uh, known as an Osprey. It's actually a hybrid between a helicopter and a prop plane. That's exactly correct. Navy coming through. Yeah. And he says very authoritatively, so what's happened is that the, you know, student drug problem in the park outside has gotten so out of control that the government has come in and they're just going to start shooting everyone. So forewarned is forearmed and he leaves. Uh, how, how does this guy know what <laughs> just, they're doing? Bear exit stage right. Like, No, it's exit pursued by bear. Exit pursued by bear. Sorry. You get the Navy shit. I get the Shakespeare shit. Okay, let's just go and leave it like that. <laughs> so anyway, he leaves. And I will say this. I was extremely annoyed because now I've got a bunch of like scared freshmen who think that the government is about to murder all of them. But on the other hand, I also now know like he did that to torture me and it worked. And I also knew, okay, like this isn't serious. This isn't serious. I can, I can personally relax. And so my relaxing made them relax. And then actually I would say within two minutes, just because one of your colleagues is a conspiracy theorist, you are like, this is fine. Yes. This is just, well, it's clearly not the government coming in to shoot children, so it's probably nothing. Exactly. <laughs> but they, they, anyway, and then they, and then they leave. And then they just rise up as quickly as they came down, and rise up. they're gone. When you're living on your knees, you rise up. <laughs> All right, that's enough. Right. Oh, Disney. Disney. Sorry. Disney. Can't pay any more. Can't pay any. We love you, Lin-Manuel. By the way, the teacher who got observed after me, it was uh, written that in her feedback that the students were not thoroughly engaged in the lesson. Because they were in the middle of a military coup. Yeah. No big deal. Like, they were trying to take back, like, secular control over Turkey. And like you should you you should pay attention. Yep. Yep. Uh, so anyway, it's like the building's on fire, but the children did not stay in their seats and finish the homework. So I guess we're gonna shut this school down. Yeah, like obviously, the teacher cannot control a classroom while there are like military invasions going on. Amateur. Poor classroom management skills. Mm -hmm. Boring lesson. Boring lesson. So your fellow <laughs> teacher was put out onto an ice floe and let float out to sea where they perished. Yeah. Who knew that reconstruction <laughs> history was not as interesting as a live military prep plan? Yeah. So anyway, that's my story. That's what happened. That's, that's story. the story of... Well, wait, wait, wait. So it was never resolved as to why there was like helicopters? Hang on, hang on. Before we do that. We'll get to the interrogation of Liz about her story right after this. 
This episode of Go On is brought to you by my downstairs neighbor, Carlos. Do you love talking about the weather? Do you miss the experience of standing in your apartment building lobby trying desperately to figure out what someone is saying and if you're supposed to respond? Then my downstairs neighbor, Carlos, is here for you, providing consonant-free conversation since 1928 with hits like It's Cold Out There and My Back is Shot to Hell. You'll be trapped in your lobby trying to be polite for hours on end. Fun for the whole family. My downstairs neighbor, Carlos. It is now time for the interrogation. <gasps> Ted, you have questions? So many. Go on. What was the reason for this invasion this of the Bronx? The strategic location of national security was ever revealed as to why? Yes. So... Uh, the reason why there was, uh, there were two Ospreys who, that landed outside my window in the middle of the quality review, uh, is that... An episode of Punked. Sure. Ashton Kutcher's, bu like, budget, way up there. <laughs> Barack Obama was, uh, scheduled to speak at the community college that is across the park the following week. Apparently, the advanced team does, like, a whole reconnaissance, right, to, uh, you know, make sure about safety and protocols and whatever, and they don't warn anybody that it's happening. Okay. Because that is what you do, is you want to make sure that, like, in New York City, especially, that, you know, random aircraft coming in out of nowhere is normal, nothing to see here. I have some questions for you. All right. One, which of your students is your favorite X-Men? And and next question, what is their superpower? You know what? I, again, I, I don't think that I can reveal that. All right. Question number two from me, even though you did not answer question number one, deeply upsetting. D did your students ever recover from that trauma? Uh, Yes. But the students did recover from it, and I gave everyone a nice, good laugh. And uh, the following week, Barack Obama landed, and everyone watched him go out the window. Kind of watched him out the window. Did he have, like, swagger in his step? Here's what I will say that I learned, Ed Edward, about Ospreys. The wind that they fucking generate is no goddamn joke. <laughs> And the sand that, by the way, the baseball team had just resanded the diamond, so it was like great timing. Uh, but the sandstorm that this generated, like we couldn't make out any figures. So the question that I had was really actually, does Barack Obama wear a smock when he exits an Osprey? Because I don't get how you could give a speech being covered in all of that dust. Oh, he! I'm sure he he has a team of people with lint rollers. Like there was Ron Emanuel. With his four-fingered hand, just like... Rahm Emanuel has a four-fingered hand? No, he lacks a thumb or something like that. For real? The opposite of the six-fingered man. Elizabeth, this is an important question. Who won the Tri-Wizard Cup? No, well, I guess I did. That's amazing. What that tells me is you are Harry Potter, which is also great. What that tells me is someone helped her cheat to win. Yeah, and there, and somewhere and somewhere the other teacher is dead. Yeah, it's terrible. <laughs> yeah, 
Elizabeth, like you, read you like got the, the wizard's cup at the same time as the math teacher, and, and a then... student is dead, and a student yeah. is dead. Well, maybe, yeah, maybe the military invasion killed uh, one of the one of the teachers. Well, you did say that that one teacher was put out in an ice floe and pushed out to sea. It is known in Turkish revolutions or in Turkish like military coup d'etats that they do try to like take out teachers. I love that we have two re- references to Turkish military coups in this podcast today. Yeah. Leave it to my brother. <laughs> yeah. Oh, the teachers are always, though, targeted, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, in every fucking authoritarian regime, they always go after the teachers. And hey, you know what? If you listen to some conservatives, right? Barack Obama was an authoritarian tyrant. So I don't know. I know that he certainly threatened my freedom in like allowing me to travel the world on the taxpayer's dime and um yeah it was a travesty i really feel that if anyone listens to this podcast it's going to come across as like a massive like recruitment tool for the navy (laughs) (laughs) come join the navy travel the world live in italy for two years that for the the american theater you gotta pick one the navy or the theater two roads two roads it should be known that the acronym for the Navy is never again volunteer yourself. So, oh, so. okay. All right. I have no further questions. I feel like we got a lot of our questions done during the story. Mm. Did I do too good of a job telling my story? Well, we, we just sort of interrupted you a lot. We interrupted yeah. you a lot. By the way, thank you for being our first female guest. You're welcome. A welcome dose, a dose of estrogen into the podcast my pleasure edward do you have any more questions i wish that i had some question from childhood unresolved question to ask but i really don't unfortunately she was too good of an older sister oh well, that's definitely not true See, that's i'm my... gonna call that story she a was... lie. <laughs> i was a terrible big sister i like to think that i'm a good one now but i was really bad for a while i've heard enough edward what is your determination before the story, I've always viewed my sister as just being the paradigm of truth. That she would never, ever tell a lie to anybody. But the idea that President Obama would go to the Bronx, like... We all know he's this elitist snob who doesn't care about people in general. He's just this guy who doesn't care if people have health insurance. Um, so yeah, no, like, why would he go to the Bronx to go to a uh, community college to talk about education to people who need it. We love you, Barack. But in all seriousness, you (laughs) are come on our podcast. We love you. You (laughs) are, you are one of my heroes. Uh, No, but I do believe that this story is false. I don't know. It doesn't make sense for uh, the president to speak at, like there, there are a lot of bigger venues for the president to speak to. I, having heard all the evidence and having learned that the Triwizard Cup happens at Professor Xavier's School for Gifted Children in the Bronx, have determined categorically that this story is true. You are so naive. (laughs) We shall see. We shall see. Well, let's get to the verdict. Elizabeth McAnally. Is your story true or false? It's true. <gasps> yeah! Woo, 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 it's woo, woo. true. It is true. 
It lives in, uh, <laughs> burned into my memory, the time I was afraid of a military invasion at my school. We, we really need to get more deceptive guests on this show. I, do, I am just bleeding Dogecoins here. <laughs> and like... Well, good news for you is it's worth less every day. Nobody knew that there could be a shortage of feral cats in New York City. We're giving them good homes. But, like, I am running out of catnip to give them, to, like, lure them into these cardboard boxes. Well, as you can tell, Elizabeth McNulty, you are now going to be the proud owner of a cardboard box full of feral cats and blue M&Ms. Oh, I don't think my cat will like that very much. Well, that's time to wrap it up. Thank you so much for joining us for this week's episode of Go On with Ted and Jeff. Special thanks to our creative team, Will Cotton, Josh Hackett, Atom Bra Plumber, Greg Ryan and Fire Escape Creations. Don't forget and to like and subscribe. And please don't forget to like and, and subscribe us a five star and leave us a review. five star glowing review. I think everyone deserves an evaluation for the end of the show, don't you? Thank you all. We'll see you next week. And everybody gets a C+. God, please, please give us a five-star review.